Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. You guessed it, Maximize Your Influence, Kurt Mortensen here, podcast 431. As we take that deep dive into persuasion, motivation, influence, self-persuasion, mindset, psyche, negotiation, and how to be better at coercion. All right, I'm kidding on that last one, but coercion, manipulation, it's interesting. And I taught a couple seminars this week on influencing up, persuading under the radar, and people get a little nervous and tense sometimes because this is human nature one-on-one, why we do what we do. Anything can be turned into coercion or even manipulation. When I was studying laws of charisma, you look at the great leaders of the world, there's some great charismatic leaders that have helped people turn countries around. And then, of course, there's been charismatic leaders that have destroyed countries, pulled people down. So these techniques I teach are pretty much neutral, just like gravity. Is it good or bad? Depends if you're falling from a tree or walking. It depends. So let's use these for good. Let's learn the skills that we should have learned in school. Let's dive into... Connecting with people, building credibility, and talk about what's destroying trust, and that one will surprise you. So I hope everyone's having an awesome week, achieving their goals, benchmarking the great persuaders out there and adapting what they're doing to what you're doing, and of course, look at the people that are anti-suasive, or dare I say coercive, and do the opposite. Don't do their anti-suasion, because persuasion has dramatically changed over the last couple of years. So let's get into our persuasion, not blunder, wait for it, ninja of the week. And that's also going to coincide with our email of the week. So let me talk about both of them. Here's the ninja. Here's the email. Oh, boy. So I went to this gathering. It was a large corporation coming together, kind of a just a fun time on the weekend and relax. And there was a little buffet, a very nice buffet. And shout out to them for a great buffet. But I was watching this person. They came and they was approached by someone. Went right towards them and wanted to talk. Business stuff. Talking, talking, talking. And he kept looking over to the buffet. You could tell he wanted to eat. You could tell he wasn't listening. You could tell he was hungry. Because when people are hungry, low blood sugar, or even rushed, they're not listening. They're pretending to. Because I'm pretty sure this was his upper manager, had to listen, look at the buffet. What if they're going to run out? This person had come a little late. Buffet could run out. What if there's no food? I got to get over there. I'm hungry. This guy keeps talking to me, right? We've all been there before. Like, well, isn't that a blunder? Well, it could have been. But then this person could read the situation. And I could tell he still needed to talk. Person was really hungry. And of course, in a situation like that, when someone's rushed, hungry, not listening, you can't be very persuasive. Now, of course, his upper manager had a little advantage. You know, they're the boss. But still, it's hard to persuade when people are not listening and their thoughts are elsewhere. So this manager noticed this. That's the ninja part. Walked with them over to the buffet line and continued to talk while he was in the line, while he was getting food, finished the conversation, and got what he wanted. So it started off, I guess, as a little blunder. Maybe it could be a little blunja. But turn it around, read the situation, because too many times we're just blah, blah, vomit, vomit. 
without reading the person, without listening with our ears, our eyes, and our heart, we're missing out and we're trying to persuade at the wrong moment, the wrong time, even during the wrong mood. Because we've talked about it many times at Mood Matters. In fact, go back to the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. Check out Mood Matters. This includes your mood and their mood. You'd be surprised what the science is showing. In fact, go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com to check me out. It's the home of the free Persuasion IQ Assessment. Get your free book, Maximum Influence. Just pick up a little shipping and handling. And check out our advanced training. Now, I said the ninja kind of corresponded with the email. It's from Alicia B., Los Angeles, California. And for my international listeners, that's in California. That's where I grew up, Southern California. Oh, and of course, when I use your email on the podcast, you get the advanced version of InfluenceUniversity.com. It says she's preparing for a networking event and wanted some tips about working the room. You see, it somewhat overlaps. Well, prepare yourself mentally, right? Be ready to talk to people, but... Remember, there's that distraction zone. I don't know how it's set up, but where people register, they walk in the room, and did they get their food? Because when people are preoccupied, most people, registration and food and restroom and just getting used to being in the room. That's even when you walk into a mall, for example, from the street, it takes a while for you to adjust and even notice anything around you. There's like a zone. I think it's around 15 feet where you just don't see much. And this is true. The same thing. Give people some time. Don't attack them. Right when they get in, because we want to, oh, we got to see them, we got to talk to them, we got to network, got to get their name. I need that contact, that sort of thing. And remember this book agent, pretty famous, right? And every author wants to get her a book proposal. Well, she's in a stall at the restroom, mind her own business. And someone goes in the stall next to them. Okay, that's happened before, but then here comes this foot sliding underneath the stall with the book proposal. <laughs> okay, so... So she puts her foot down and slides it back, and then this person slides it back again. I'm just going to stop there. Hopefully you have enough filters to realize that's probably not the right time. Creative, yes. Got them backed into a corner, yes. But of course, they didn't do business uh, together. So here's the main thing. Remember, it's about them. Ask about them and what they're doing, what's important to them. What are they excited about working on? What are they passionate about? Whatever it is. I don't know the type of networking event. And ultimately, if you spend enough time listening, being sincere, asking questions, most people will reciprocate. Well, what do you do? Why are you here? Now the door is open to influence. Now the door is open to exchange contact information. Let them go first. It's very hard for a lot of people. And I would also work on, you know, some people call it it elevator speech. Uh, That can be high lactose and cheesy. But I like to call it your verbal business card. You know, what can you say for them to say, tell me more? Not just the vomit. And you kind of have to peg their personality as you do this. If I was talking to maybe an analytical person, I'd say, I help people increase their sales by 57%. And your goal for them is to say, well, how do you do that? Then the doors open again. Now, if they're a little outgoing and I knew they were in sales, I might say, hey, have you ever had that prospect that needed your product, wanted your product, liked your product, could afford your product, and they didn't buy from you? In fact, they went to your competition I train people to make sure that never happens again. <laughs> now, if they say nothing and don't ask you a question, then it's not in their realm. They're not a potential prospect or customer. What are you looking for in that networking event? Just saying. You wouldn't say, I'm in real estate. You would say, have you ever toured that perfect home in the perfect neighborhood? It was just beautiful, but you didn't think you could afford it or the bank said no? I make those dreams a reality. You see what we're doing here? Or I cut your internet marketing in half while doubling your leads. 
So you can kind of go logical with the stats or just kind of build the vision and get them to ask you, tell me more. In fact, I did a whole podcast on Verbal Business Card. Check out the archives again at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. So Alicia, there you go. Be open and let them go first. Let them reciprocate. Practice a few Verbal Business Cards. And that's what I'd recommend. But just like our Ninja of the Week, read the person when they're distracted, when their blood sugar's low, when they're feeling rushed, when their mind's not in the game, got to back up, get them in the right state, then you go into the persuasion process. And also to remind you, let them acclimate, <laughs> let them make sure they've registered, been to the restroom, have food, got used to the room, they're feeling more comfortable, that would be the best time to approach them. And of course, next we have our geeky scholarly article. Now, here's the interesting one. I teased a little earlier about trust. This comes from the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, Stanford and Dr. Ryman. Here's the title. Listen to this. If you're good at what you do, bragging about it could make people trust you less. Or bottom line, when you brag and there's money involved, your trust could erode. You're like, what? Wait a minute. What's going on? Counterintuitive for some of you, but let's kind of go through this. Let me set this up with the trust research I've done. Trust is an all-time low. Trust can be higher or lower based on your profession. And we're at the point now where it used to be, I trust you, give me a reason not to. Now it's, I don't trust you, give me a reason to trust you. Now, I know you're good, trustworthy people. You're trying to improve your lives. You're getting better. But you need the mindset. You still need to earn it. Well, I have their best interest in mind. I want to lead them to success. I want to help solve their problems. I get it, but you still need to earn the trust. But this is something we're doing that could hurt your trust. So these are situations where money and finances are involved. So this is a situation where you could earn money, commission. You got to keep some of your confidence in check. And if you just sit there touting your abilities, doing a laundry list, that scenario could backfire on you. So let's go to the article. Of course, that link is always posted with the podcast. So trust, the good side, being intelligent, good at your job, you'll get promoted, you'll get the raises, sell people know their products and solve people's problems, we'll sell more. And businesses that are really good at what they do, customer service, will keep and get more customers. You see, we want to appear capable or more trustworthy, but when people come across as bragging or there's some intimidation, maybe a little condescension, that's where it can hurt. So this article suggests that common methods people use to garner trust could have the opposite effect. So if you consider yourself a very highly capable person, whether it's a good education, you're successful, you're good at what you do, you might need to dial it down a notch, especially where you present yourself or those first impressions. Because again, if it's not feeling right the way you come across, trust can backfire and people become very distrusting and suspicious. You know, I think of the network marketing industry. Met a lot of good people, a lot of millionaires in that industry, but a lot of people wear their success on their sleeves with the car they drive or their home they have. And one of the few industries where you have to show people how much money you make. People are like, eh. And I've always wondered how much that helped or hurt their ability to influence. In fact, if you remember last week when things are too good to be true, or blunder from last week, when it's too good to be true, even though it is true, it might not be true to them. So they did these online experiments, which mimic potential real-life scenarios to look at trust levels. So one of the scenarios included buying a TV online, 
One was making a judgment call about a coworker's idea. And one was clicking a social media ad. So Dr. Ryman in this said the experiment showed that participants were more likely to trust people or companies that appeared more capable. All right, we get that. But every study also showed that very capable people or companies were viewed less trustworthy if they boastfully promoted themselves. So that's why I've always been a big believer of increasing trust. Sometimes you have to reveal a weakness. I remember watching this famous financial speaker, very successful multimillionaire, sharing a story of a bankruptcy. That's the before and after picture. That actually helps with credibility to know that you didn't inherit it all, that you didn't steal it all. This is where you started. This is how you did it. The before and after pictures on those infomercials, right? When the first one's black and white, they're frowning, they're slumping over like a weight loss, but then they've lost the weight. Now all of a sudden they're tan, smiling, and and have a better posture. Uh, same type of thing. So the article says be careful, but let me give you a few tips on things you can do. Remember, trust is the glue to the whole persuasion process. One, be a product of the product. What does that mean? If you're selling a, a certain product, you use it. You know it. You understand it. Or in leadership, you're doing what you're asking them to do. Show them that you're in on it. If it's a financial product like real estate, I've done a lot of training in the real estate. And just if you were showing maybe condos overlooking the beach and they're all sitting on the fence and you're like, this one's mine right here. <laughs> okay. That's one of the best things you could do to get them like, oh, assuming they believe you, like, oh, yeah, I bought this one, I bought this one, here's my portfolio, this type of thing, that makes a big difference. So what can you do to increase credibility? Let me talk about a few things. Let's go to Persuasion IQ and give you some tips here. Because when you look at trust, credibility is the most important thing. And this article is saying if you come across as a braggart, it can be a challenge. And I have that challenge too. If I'm doing a keynote address... People in the room are meeting for the first time. I need credibility. This is where I cross the line on the negative side, on the blunder side. If I get up there, we know because I want to build credibility, and this is what a lot of people do. Oh, you know, my name's Kurt Mortensen. I'm a best-selling author. I'm the author of Maximum Influence, Persuasion IQ, and Laws of Charisma. Translated in 28 languages, taught in 30 countries. Here are my awards. Here are my degrees. Yada, yada, yada. I think you get it, right? Now, all of a sudden, that's where the trust goes down. Oh, arrogant bragging. But here's what's crazy. If I don't say any of those things, they're like, who's this guy? No credibility. So the easiest solution, and it makes no logical sense, I type it up, <laughs> hand it to someone else, and they read it. So the best way to do this is borrow credibility. So the best way to get credibility is not tell them, have someone else tell them, borrow it. Testimonial, endorsement, recommendation, any of those is always the best way for credibility. And the one we mentioned earlier is reveal a weakness. If you're coming across as too good to be true, it opens the doors to credibility and trust if you can show them some minor weaknesses and turn them into strengths. Yeah, we are top of the line. We're the most expensive product. But you know what? When you add our maintenance and our toner and our service, we're actually one of the least expensive. So you've taken that, oh, whew, they're the most expensive. That Oh, well, that makes sense. Weakness into a strength. The more prepared you are for a presentation, whether it be one-on-one for a group, comes across because your fear roads away. You come across as more confidence that increases your credibility. And let me add to that too, is you know the way you walk in the room, the way you gesture during a presentation, all these. But the biggest one for most people is they're just winging it or they've done it before. Your preparation, your practice reduces fear, increases your confidence, and you do come across as more trustworthy. Another one, because the cement dries fast, of course, is that first impression. How you're looking, 
How are you coming across? Are you listening? Good eye contact, professional appearance. And that depends on industry. And it's kind of interesting. Some people look at shoes. Some people look at clothes. Some people look at your watch. They'll look at your accessories. They'll look at your hair. they look at your teeth. Everyone kind of has their own little thing. And you'll probably never figure out every little thing for every person. But there's some universal ones that most people look at. Do be careful there. Another interesting one that can drop your credibility and trust is bad-mouthing the competition. Saying bad things about a manager or coworker or previous employer just puts a bad feeling out there. Now, if they hate that person too, hate that company, and you commiserate, have a common enemy together, maybe I wouldn't recommend it, but you don't need to do that. If you can't persuade them based on the quality of your product or service, your proposal, uh, it's time to do some other things. Now, if that person legitimately needs to be warned about a company or product, maybe your competition, you know they're not going to take care of them, you can subtly provide ways for them to find out for themselves. You know, hey, make sure you get a few testimonials. I'm going to give you some too. Go to this website. They rate everybody in our industry. Go to this agency and see if there's any complaints. Let them find out for themselves. It's a little bit better than you doing it to them. Unless they press you on it and really want it, just do it in a good way. Another one you could do is, you know, pepper your presentation with facts, figures, statistics. Maybe a few studies, you've done your research, teach them something new. And don't say, well, I heard somewhere. Or as you probably already know, you say, no, it's a Stanford 2022 study. And they found a news exact, don't be saying around 60%, say 63%. So be exact, make sure it's believable, verifiable. And you're not using too many of them. Because that goes back to what I said earlier. Your prospect, your audience will always believe someone else before they believe you. So let's return to the article. When you need ways to reveal your qualifications, that you are a success story, that you're financially independent, whatever it is, carefully don't come across as condescending and not bragging. If you can't find that endorsement, that recommendation, that testimonial, you can reveal your qualifications, education, or experience. Slow it down a little bit at a time. Ask them first about their background, and then they'll ask you. And if you need to, reveal it in a story. Well, I was at Harvard. I was studying at MIT. Or if it's a team that you were on a team and it failed, you didn't know what to do, but you turn it around, now it was successful, and this is a lesson learned. So you're revealing both sides. Could be a way to reveal that, because you don't always have someone else to do it for you. Because the moment they do accept you as an expert and trust you, you have their attention. And you've basically earned the right to persuade them about your product, service, or idea. So there you have it. Another one for the books. Tell your family, friends, and enemies about the podcast. Remember, you can go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com or under Maximize Your Influence at our iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So Back by Public Demand is the special of... The perfect persuasive presentation. Watch my free webinar. Take your presentation IQ assessment. See where you rank. And I'll give you the formula, the structure of how to be more persuasive. Because anybody can present. Is it persuasive? Anybody can inform, but is it influential? Anybody can communicate, but are you convincing? Switch a few things up. You can get more yeses. So go to presentationiq.com or the link on the website. Help me out with a little research, because when you take your IQ assessment, it helps me out. Find out your strengths, maybe a few areas you can work on. Get the structure, get the formula, step-by-step. Step, watch the webinar, and it'll change your influence game. So, you know the drill. Take something you've learned from the podcast. 
apply it, use it, be more influential, become a better negotiator, and go out and persuade with power. 